Father, we come before you tonight and Father, we thank you that we can worship you in this place. Uh, Father, we thank you for sending your son. And Father, as we're here tonight, Father, we realise that we benefit from that in, in so, many, uh, so many ways, Father God. Father, the peace and the joy that we've been spoken about and the victory, Father God. And Father, we come tonight and we look at this subject, Father, of mental health and we pray, Father God, that you will help us as, as we look at this because, Father, it's relevant. It speaks to people tonight, Father God. But God, we believe that you want to do something in people's lives as well, Father, for we don't believe that we're just settled for what we've got but Father, you are the fixer and the repairer and the blesser and the restorer of all things. And Father, we just thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of January this year, we started a new sermon series called Broken. The only way I can probably describe the last month between conversations I've had with people and text messages that people have sent and uh, prayers that people have asked for uh, is that it has opened up something uh, that we know is there and something that the church is not always very good at, at dealing with. And often the phrase is used, and you will have heard this for other things, there is an elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And it's often this subject, the mental health. And we see something like mental health and we think, well, that's for the world outside. When we come in to church, it says all we need to do is pray longer or pray harder or read more of the Bible or, or do something spiritual that helps us with what we are dealing with. And often those things are, are helpful, uh, those things are right to do, but it doesn't always address the, 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 the foundation of the problem. And this has probably come about a lot because we have turned around as a church and simply thrown the doors open and simply said, we want people to come to church and we want people to bring their baggage and we want people to bring all the stuff that's going on in their life and come and take a seat with the rest of us because we simply believe that church is the best place to deal with this sort of stuff because, you know, not, not because church has all the answers because it doesn't, but the purpose of church is that people would discover a relationship with God that, that loves them, that, that, has, that, that cares for them, that, that, that it matters what you're going through. But on the other side of that as well, and what we have to be so careful of when we're speaking uh, of being broken is uh, we've got to always talk about the other side of it, that, that, that God does repair he does fix that God's purpose in our life is to bring us peace and joy. And there is none of us that needs to settle for the way we are and, and what is happening to us tonight. But that being said, uh, we do have to try and address this through, the, the scripture, through scripture because there is a stigma attached to it. And often, and I've even heard people say this, uh, not now, but in years gone by, that if you were struggling with something that was mentally, that, that concerned your mental health, maybe church wasn't the best place for you. That actually is a Christian that you know if you're struggling with these sort of things that actually church and I, I'm here to probably crush that tonight and say this really is the place for you yeah. it really is the place for you whatever age we are we are living in a world where the biggest problem uh, medically psychologically is uh, is mental health 
Whether, whether we like it or not, we can look at all the reasons for that and we can blame social media or we can turn around and there will be things that we throw in and say that's the cause of it. But the reality is the, resulting, uh, the, the result of it is uh, people often don't have good mental health and that's both unsafe people as we label them but also safe people as well. And, you know, and so we're throwing this open tonight, and you may well disagree with me, that's okay, that's your prerogative to disagree with me, but we're starting a conversation that says it's okay for some of these things, for you to be dealing with some of these things and for allowing God to deal with some of these things in your life. And so that's where we're beginning tonight, because poor mental health really does lead... Uh, to broken people. I wonder if I get some more light just on the on the the pulpit here because I can't see my notes, <laughs> and that that would be helpful. It says, you know, poor mental health leads to broken people, and we've begun to try to address this issue. And you know, I, I heard this quote at a conference I was at really uh, recently, and it, and it, it was this. It says this. It said, "It's not that mental illness is on the rise. It's just that we are not very good at looking after our own mental health." And I think there is some truth in that, isn't there? There, there? there is some truth. Maybe our world has got quicker. Maybe our world has got faster. Maybe the pressure upon us to, to perform, maybe the pressure on us to do well, to be successful is, is upon everybody. And so therefore, this lady who said this was a, was a, was a, a counsellor, she's a Christian, she's a pastor of a big church in England, and she's a, a trained professional in the sense of she's gone away and studied this, and she said this she said it's not that this mental illness thing is on a rise just we're not very good at looking after our, our mental health and I must make it clear tonight we're not talking about mental illness tonight we're talking about mental health there, there are two separate things there and we, we must say that tonight that the, the mental health refers simply uh, to to this to our emotional and psychological state our social well-being and how we feel about ourselves and interact with others that's our mental health and before people say to me, but the, the, this is not the Bible, where well, the Bible actually talks more about the heart and the mind than it does about the physical. The heart and the mind and what happens to us really on the inside is as much of a concern to God as is on the outside. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time in hospital, not because I was ill, but because I was stupid. Um, one of the things that, used to, that, that happened when I was, I'll just give you a brief history. When I was younger, I said I ended up jumping off something and I put a nail through the top of my skull and ended up being in hospital. My auntie left a, 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 a bottle of tablets out when I was two years old and I took the bottle of tablets and ended up in intensive care. It says it was dropped down the stairs by my dad. Uh, I, think, I don't think he did it on purpose, but anyway. <laughs> and I bounced from the top to the bottom. It says I broke my arm three times. All these things were physically wrong with me. You may wonder to yourself, it's any wonder I've turned out normal. You know, it is. <laughs> Now, at no point when I physically damaged myself did my mother say to me, it says, you'll get over it. Suck it up, big lad. 
you will be able to do no point at no point when we were dealing with the physical what she did was she got me to hospital straight away because they had to deal with the physical problems that had happened and we do that don't we if there was something physically wrong with us we are quick to move and fix it if you have toothache tonight and it says you will find the emergency dentist because there is nothing worse than toothache yet we do not do that with our mental health what we do with our mental health is just simply carry on plod along and just keep going particularly as Christians because as Christians we want to show everybody else that everything is always okay that everything is all right that I've got the victory and the victory is mine but the problem is I'm not feeling the victory or sensing the victory or living out the victory because I'm living with some of this mental health stuff myself and that's the, that's the problem, the difficulty that, that we have, you see. you see. You see, being mentally healthy, is this, it's influenced by this, it's influenced by our life experiences. And everybody has life experiences. What has happened to them, what they've been through. It says we see that it's influenced by our relationships with others. It's influenced by our physical health. It's influenced by our environment. All of that makes a difference to me and you. That we simply can't just protect tend away or often just pray away though that plays a part in it as we shall see later on but there is a reality that we must face and we must have this honest conversation that removes the stigma of this from us in church because it's not helpful for us but it is helpful for us to address this and say you know what we want to be a church that welcomes people in but also is a church that provides the support and the encouragement and the stuff that people need that are already here who are dealing with stuff already I think that's what church is supposed to be would you not agree with me yes and so we are we are here with this tonight you see just as people may experience physical problems over the course of their lives they may also experience emotional or mental health problems that affect their thinking their mood their behaviors now listen, it doesn't mean that somebody who's going through a difficult time or if you have a sad thought, you're depressed, you're not. If your boyfriend bakes up with you after four days, you're not depressed, let's just clear that up. He says, but what it is does mean is this is there are things that happen to us and, and we experience this 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 drop in our in our mental health that we want to keep healthy that's part of the walk that we have with God. And you see, mental illness refers to a wide range of disorders that affect mood, thinking, behaviour. Mental illness can affect anyone, regardless of age, gender, social standing, religion. You know, people with mental illness often experience distress, problems, functioning at work, home, social situations. Mental illness is not something we can overcome, but by willpower alone. But we're not talking about that tonight. We may address that at some point. We're talking about mental health tonight because we want that to be addressed because it's something I believe that either has affected some of us, is affecting some of us, or will affect some of us. And the problem is where we may have been good at hiding it, we're now throwing open the conversation and throwing open the environment at Living Hope Belfast to make it comfortable for people, for them to share to say what's happening to them, but also to receive the support because that's what church is there for. And can I just tell you this? This is happening already. 
This is not something new tonight. There are, it's already happening in our church. It's already going on where people are supporting and encouraging and keeping a watch out and doing all the stuff that they need to do to help people who may feel as though they have got poor mental health. And you see, we are here tonight and, and it would be wrong of me not to bring in the scripture because I can talk about the, the, the facts, the figures and all the different situations. But I want to share with you a story tonight uh, and, and the Bible speaks to everything it, it really does it speaks to absolutely every subject uh, every feeling emotion everything that people are going through that the Bible speaks to so it's right for us to look tonight at what, what scripture says and are there some things that we can learn from a particular story that will help with, with, with our mental health tonight will this help us with our mental health I'm, I'm not going to be doom and gloom tonight and say well this is happening and we really can't do anything about it the whole point of the sermon series that we're doing is this is that God can do something about it that, that, that's the whole point of it. It's not just us telling people they're broken and that. We're telling people there are things that have broken some people, but God can fix them and God can bless them and God can use them for the, his glory. And so that's where we are this evening. So I'm going to read to you just the story in 1 Kings 19 from Elijah and just simply look at some of the different things that we can learn from this story tonight at the time that we have left. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do make, not make your life like that of one of them. Here's the first thing. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. There's the second thing. I have had enough. There's a third thing. Lord, he said, take my life. There's a fourth thing. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and says, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He travelled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. 
the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram, also anoint Jehu, son of Nishi, king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. There won't be all of that that, that you will understand tonight if you are here as a visitor, but I'm going to try and give you uh, the context of this story because this helps us this evening. Because Elijah was a prophet of God and had, before this story had witnessed the most incredible incredible miracle as he stood up against 450 false prophets of Baal and he'd called fire down from heaven and the fire had come down. It hadn't rained for three years and God brought on rain because Elijah prayed. So Elijah at this point is probably at the, the top, the pinnacle, the mountaintop of his relationship with God. So it's important to understand that at this point he's not depressed, he's not down in the dumps, it's not that he has seen any fruit for what he's doing it's not that he hasn't seen any success he has seen what God is going to do and he has seen what God has done but unfortunately what happens in the situation is this he receives a threat he receives a threat from a woman now I would like to stand here tonight and say all your mental health problems are because of threats from women <laughs> but I'm not allowed to say that okay plus it wouldn't be true either but, but he has this threat from the woman Jezebel who simply says, I'm going to take your life. And so at that point, for whatever reason, it doesn't really tell us. It was like probably, that was probably the final straw in a sense. He, he runs away. He, he runs away, he doesn't want to face what he has to face. So he decides that the best thing to do is for him to run away. And so he receives this threat. And we learned some lessons here tonight, really in connection with our mental health, about the things that we shouldn't do if we want to remain mentally healthy, particularly in our relationship with God. And so that's what we can apply these thoughts to from Elijah's life tonight. And so the first thing was this, that we know he ran away, but the first thing was this, that he, he, he was alone. He simply just left his servant there, he said. And he went, and, and everybody who has ever suffered with any issue of mental health will know the first thing that you want to do is to be alone. Now, there's a difference between being alone and being isolated, you know, and be, being alone, and, and, and Elijah, sorry, is, is isolated. He wants away from everybody. It's good to be alone sometimes. It's good when people are doing your head in and stuff, you know, you want to be alone. You just want some time to yourself. That's not what we're talking about here. He's isolated. He takes himself away from everybody. This threat has tipped him over the edge. You know, there are things that go on in our lives, and we often explain it this way, that you can cope with three or four things. But when that fifth thing comes, it just breaks you. It just crushes you. It could be something as trivial as who put the empty packet of biscuits in the cupboard. And people may laugh, but there's something as trivial as that. If you're dealing with some of the serious issues in life and you're trying to juggle two or three of them and suddenly something small happens and it simply just, it just crushes and that's what happens here with Elijah. He's simply, he's faced down the prophets of Baal. He's seen the miracle of God. But then he comes and it's a threat from a woman that drives him away. So he leaves himself alone. You know, we don't want you to be alone. It's not good 
to be alone. When you're alone, you start having a party. And the party that you have is the self-pity party. And you're the only person that's at the party. And you've only invited yourself to it. It's not good to be alone. You know, the Bible teaches from the beginning that when he saw that man was alone, God created woman. And it tells us from the beginning of the Bible right through to the end that it's good to have companionships and friends and relationships all the way through the Bible. It says when one person falls, there is somebody there to lift them up. And you see, it's not good to be alone. It was his first mistake of going off on his own to be alone. The second thing we see is this that helps us tonight is this. And we don't like to admit this. He was emotionally burnt out. He was burnt out. Often people don't like to talk about this sort of stuff because they're like, well, what do you mean? We can keep going. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But there is a reality that if we don't keep our emotions in check, we will burn them out. Elijah was burnt out. He wasn't just emotionally burnt out. He was physically burnt out. These are not, these are not spiritual things here. These are just things that can happen to every single one of us. That the, the emotion of the day or the situations that you're dealing with suddenly can just burn you out. And Elijah is there and he's emotionally burnt out, but, but, it, but he's, he's physically burnt out as well. And he sits down under this tree and, and he simply says this. He says, Lord, take my life. I mean, that's how bad it is. He says, Lord, take my life. He says, after just seeing what God had done, after experiencing the power, he just sits there. And he says, Lord, excuse me, take my life. He's, he's had enough. And we can relate to that. Those times that we just have no, and, and he just didn't want to do it. When you're emotionally burnt out, you make unwise judgments. You, you do things in a blur. You know, there are some things that we see here quickly. It says we begin to do what we know we shouldn't do. We avoid our responsibilities. We blame other people. We blur the truth. And we see ourselves as others see us and not as God sees us. And, and, and this, is what, this is what Elijah does. He does all of those things that we can see in this story. Why? Because he's simply emotionally burnt out. But you add to that that the next problem that he, he adds in, he was physically burnt out as well. He just wanted to rest. He just wanted to sleep. And you know, often the problems and the difficulties sometimes that we have with our mental health is often a physical thing that we can change or a physical thing that we can help with sometimes if we're not sleeping properly. I don't know if, you, if, if you're kept awake all night because your, your husband snores or, or maybe your wife snores or, or maybe somebody snores. But it's just with something as, as, as simple, as, as, as trivial as that, in a sense. Your sleep is broken. All of these things that Niger feels to begin with, it's this. He's physically burnt out. He's emotionally burnt out. What, what does God do? doesn't send anybody to pray for him. doesn't send somebody in. He does this. He gives Elijah exactly what he needs at that point. Tells him to sleep. And when he wakes up, there's food and there's water there for him. He tells him to go back to sleep. He wakes up. There's food and there's water for him there. You see, God is not in the business with each and every one of us of punishing us or shouting us. He's in the business of meeting our every need. And you see, when we talk about this stuff with our mental health, 
He says he's that close that he meets the need of Elijah. He knows exactly what he needs. Wasn't anything spiritual at this point. He, 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 he was just hungry. He was starving and he was exhausted. And God met his in. We face those challenges, don't we? Because we know that our mental health often has things that we deal with. That, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the expert here, but be careful what you eat. But to be fair, let's look at this. I said, what would depress you more? He said, a brown wholemeal salad sandwich or an Ulster fry. What depresses you more? See what I mean? They said, so we look at it. And, and then, so these things are all tied up together in, in, in what we eat uh, and, and what we do uh, and what we say. Uh, and, and all of these things here and here in this story, we see that actually there's a lot of the stuff here with Elijah that's just simply physical stuff that helps him. You see, there is no quick fix to this stuff. There is no quick fix to it. It says, all of our life, we are walking on a journey with God where God is doing something in us day by day, changing us and helping us to be the people that he wants us to be. When we give our lives over to God, our problems don't disappear in a minute. Sometimes our problems increase. But in everything that we walk through, there is a joy and there is a peace and there is a purpose and there is an assurance of his presence that he gives us in the situations that we face. He says, that's why when we talk about mental health from that side of things, and Elijah is there, and I've got to move on quickly because my time, you know, and I jump through this next. But as we go to the next, because we want to see what did God do, because this is the important bit. Number one, he restores his physical health, which we've touched on. Number two, he surrounds him with his presence. He simply gets to him and he simply tells him why he needs to. He makes this, in, he says this incredibly important thing. And often this is for people who sometimes say, I've had enough and if I only went here and then he asks this question. He says, Elijah, what, what are you doing here? Elijah walks 40 days into the desert. He, he goes to what the place is called the mountain of God. And the first question God asks him is, what are you doing here? You know, like, when somebody says, what are you doing here? It really means, why are you here and not there? Why are you not where you're supposed to be? And, and he challenges Elijah and simply says to him, well, why are you? And Elijah tells him and he gives him these reasons, all valid. He gives him the, and he says, I'm the only one left. Uh, uh, there's nobody else that's defending you, God. There's nobody else sticking up for you. He says, I'm being hunted down for my life, God. And he makes all these reasons and give all these things. And, 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 and God does, simply does this to him. He, he simply speaks the truth to him about the situation. Because when Elijah says, that, that, that I'm the only one left, God says, well, you're not. Because there's 7,000 others. And often, you see, our, our mental health tells us things that simply just are not true. And we believe that they are true. And so the alternative to what I'm thinking and all the negative stuff that I might be thinking about myself is what does God think? And what does God say about the situation? Because that's truth. You see, I can tell myself that I'm hurt by what somebody said to me 15 years ago and I can hold on to that and that can affect my mental health and I can talk about all the stuff that has happened to me and all those difficulties and everybody in here will have a story to tell. 
And we can keep living our lives over and over that way or we can transfer it over to, well, what does God say? What does God say about this? He just simply gently tells Elijah the truth. You're not the only one. There are 7,000 others. He simply tells him the truth when he says, I am all alone, God. He says to Elijah, he says, you're not alone. You've got me. And everything that Elijah sort of says, God responds with this truth. And it's responding with this truth that helps us, not just in our lives, but with the stuff that goes on in here. When somebody tells me, that's why we don't tell you to read the word because we, we want to sort of bore you with this ticking off of do your quiet time. We tell you to read the word because it changes your life. It changes your thought life. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind, Paul says in Romans 12 verse 2. Be transformed. The renewing of your mind. What renews our mind? It's the word of God that renews our mind. It's not what's going on around us and you know why it's not almost what's going on in us and through us because there isn't a situation that we face this evening any one of us that God is not with us in you see we can't look at our situation and say I'm unhappy if you've got God you've got joy so whatever we face in our life with with the circumstances and the situation he's given us that joy already and I know people say well it's not that simple it's, it's not supposed to be simple, but it's supposed to give you reassurance. That you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. It says when you become a Christian, God forgives your sin because of what Christ Jesus has done on the cross for you. You then begin a journey in your life where God deals with the stuff that has to be dealt with. The way you think, the way you react the stuff that you're having to go through in your life. God deals with that, but he doesn't do it instantly. I would love it if he just blasted us with a, you know, one of those, there you go, that's that dealt with. He says, God never does that. Wouldn't it be so good if he did that? I wish he would do it. It's a good idea. Got that too. He says, you're suddenly all patient. He says, that's not going to happen. God works with us in our lives. He changes us day by day but he's working on this he's working on the renewing of the mind so when I put something in here that tells me something negative that tells me Matt you're broken you're a failure you're a mistake you're a mess I challenge that by the word of God I don't challenge it even by what people say around me because that can change because there's feelings involved I says I change it by the transforming power of the word of God that's why it's so important to get into the word and to read the word because it changes our lives and I'm moving on which I know my time has gone but I have to finish with this point because this is the, the important point excuse me when God asks Elijah he says what are you doing here tells him to go and stand at the edge of the cave because he's coming past and Elijah expects this great demonstration of God's power and, and there is an earthquake that comes past and God's not in the fire uh, the earthquake sorry it's a fire that comes past and God's not in the fire I've got these in the wrong order but that's okay and the fire comes past and, and God's not in the fire the, the whirlwind the hurricane comes past and God's not in there and suddenly there's just a gentle whisper and Elijah knows that that's God speaking to him now the reason it was a whisper was this and we must take hold of this because it's so important. If you whisper something to somebody you have to be close to them. 
It's as simple as that, isn't it? He said, you, you whisper. Nobody ever whispers anything to me because I'm deaf. But if you whisper something to somebody, he says, you're close enough to them so they can hear. Elijah didn't need a demonstration of power from God. He just needed that reassurance from God to say, I'm with you. I'm here for you. He said, didn't need to see the fire, the wind, the earth. Didn't need to see any of that. He just simply needed to see that gentle whisper that comes past, that came past, that he knew was God, to simply say, I'm with you. I'm here. He says, your life is not out of control tonight if you're sitting in church. He says, God has not given up on you tonight if you're sitting in church. You might be struggling with some stuff with your mental health. God has not abandoned you because of that. He's actually encouraging you because you're in the right place to deal with it. And he might have something to say to you and hopefully has had something to say to you this evening. That God speaks to him just to give him that assurance of his presence because Elijah is then able to go on and continue to do what God had asked him to do and called him to do. You see, that's a little bit like us. And this begins a conversation. I can't cover everything in half an hour. It's impossible. But this begins this tonight where we are saying to people, if you are struggling with something, find somebody to talk to. But with a Christian perspective, find somebody to talk to but who prays with you but encourages you from the word of God. It says that's how we deal with this stuff because we are on a journey. And it says often people turn around and say the church has no response to any of these issues that are going on outside the church. I tell you now, we do have a response and we are going to respond. So when people come in here, we're telling them of a God that has a plan and a purpose for their life that gives them a joy and a peace and will help them with whatever it is that they are going through. And, and that's the difference. That's the response tonight. But my time is up because it, it's here. And what we would like to do is this. And the team are going to come and join us on the platform. And I wonder if we could finish with Tremble rather than the one that we had planned to do. Because I think for us tonight, there, there are some people in here and they simply just must do this. They just simply must do some business with God. Uh, and what we want to do is this, because we believe that this is a house of prayer and we believe that the responsibility is not just God's because it's church, but it's our responsibility with each other as well. And as the team begin to play and we begin to worship, we're simply just going to have a prayer line at the front here where we would like to pray with you if there's stuff that you would like prayer for that deals with some of the stuff that is going on in your life at the moment. We're not going to be nosy and ask questions. We simply believe at the end of church tonight, he says that we want to have a spiritual response to the problem, to the difficulty. We're not hiding from it. We're not ignoring it. We're not brushing it under the carpet. We are saying we want to provide a spiritual response and pray and lift people up to God, pray for them, encourage them by his word and ask God to simply do a work in your life. So just as we close our eyes and pray, then the team is going to lead us in a song. If you would like prayer, would you come out to the front and so we can pray for you this evening. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you tonight. Father, we have tried and attempted to cover just a small fraction of this this evening. 
But God, what comes out of this is this, Lord, is that you are interested in what everybody is going through, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And Father God, as we come at the end of the service, we just want to take this moment to pray, to ask you, God, to do the work in people's lives that needs to be done. To, to begin and to continue what you're already doing with people. And so, Father, we just pray this evening for those that are in here, Lord, that are walking that path, those that are, are walking that journey with the struggles, those who feel like giving up tonight, those who feel like quitting, those who feel like, oh, you know, it wouldn't matter if I wasn't here. And, Father, we speak out over that in Jesus' name that it does that it does because it's real and so Father as we just take these few minutes as we worship as we pray for one another God be in our midst by your spirit in Jesus name Amen Peace Bring it all